Hi there, and welcome back to the FFS podcast, and welcome back to the MWF series, which is the midweek fixture series. If you didn't know that, uh, we've done two episodes of the MWF series so far. The first one on basically what certain fans of certain clubs would thought the season would bring about. And the second episode was all about the Champions League draw, where we spoke to fans of whoever of clubs who were in the draw, and you know thought about, kind of discussed which is the toughest group group of death, which is easiest, which is the easiest group, plus also the UEFA best awards. So, if you haven't listened to that, I'd suggest you go and listen to those. They were quite chaotic. They were quite fun, uh, and that's what the MWF series is all about. It's a lot about interaction with different fans of different clubs it's less a lot less analytical than our our main series which is the ffs podcast which goes on for about an hour and it's more analytical and uh, yeah so before let's not waste some more time because i we've only got half an hour like i said so let me go quickly and do introductions of the guests that i have on here so we've got Arvind, who's been on the podcast before, and he supports Manchester United. Daryl is from Singapore, and he supports Spurs, and he's also been on the podcast before. Sai supports Everton, and he's not been on the podcast, and I'm glad we could have an Everton supporter on here. Tahir supports West Ham United, and if you've heard of our previous, in our previous season, we have spoken West Ham topics with the his fellow members of the Indian Hammers Society. And lastly, we have Yashodan, who supports Chelsea, who's also been on the podcast in season one. So welcome, guys. And I'm glad we could have you on here. Uh, and I can't wait to see how the next 30 minutes unfolds. So today's topic is all about the recent transfer window that just closed. So we're kind of going to get into the thoughts of what these fans thought about their club's transfer dealings. And I suppose it's mixed, given the fans that we have here. I think we've got a mixed bag around here, uh, with some of them obviously happy, some of them very, very obviously sad and frustrated by their transfer dealing. So let me ask you guys, what did you think about your club's transfer business? Or who do you think had the best transfer window this particular season? And I'm going to leave it there. For all of you to decide. So whoever wants to start can unmute themselves. And yeah, let's carry on. Yeah, I think it's uh, safe to say. Okay, so, uh, so let me introduce. I'm Sai, the Everton supporter. So it's safe to say that we have won the transfer window like easily. Like at least uh, in this lot, maybe Chelsea is close and maybe Spurs have done a little good business. But we have easily gotten the best players for the best price. Like consider we are getting James Rodriguez. For free, like we had to just pay out his contract, and he was our player. Like that's nothing for a quality that he represents. He's easily the best player in the Premier League right now. I'm not saying he will be six months later, but for now he has been the best player. And uh, the other quality players, Dukure, who's been superly underrated player, he's been amazing for Watford, and frankly, he's been asked to do too much. Last season, he was uh, played as an attacking mid, a centre mid, defensive mid under three different managers. And now he slots into this perfect role of a box-to-box midfielder under uh, uh, Carlo and uh, Alan. Obviously, he's a you know top top talent. Like a couple of years, he, they people were saying he's the best uh, defensive midfielder in the world, and we got him like two years down. 
people were saying he's not the same player, but he has shown the qualities that he is. And uh, other than that, we we have got uh, Ben Godfrey from Norwich. He's a good upcoming young uh, English centre back. So we paid 20 million, and I've seen his videos and and I've seen a couple of matches last year. And he's a good player and a good athletic player. He can definitely develop into a very good player. And other than that, we have uh, uh, Niels, who's who came from uh, France. Uh, 19-year-old and he's played in the league cups and he's performed really, really well. Like we didn't pay anything. He's like a 200, like under a million, whatever the price. And other than that, we were disappointed with Pickford's performance. So we got Olsen from Roma, who covers like he's a secondary option to Pickford, pushes him, you know, so that uh, we can get the best out of Pickford. And if not, Olsen can step up. And other than that, you know, I think we. Uh, got a lot of uh, salary back, you know, from Theo Walcott, Schneider, and Sandro. Like these three players were earning 100k or more. Players who were who were not starting, who were not in the squad, were earning more than you know 100k. That's ridiculous. And we, you know, got rid not got rid of him, but we sold them or loaned them out. Theo was a good player who could be a good squad player, but he wanted to play more regularly, so it works out for him. And then we. Uh, loaned out Keane to PSG and Martina Nia's players like that left. So we are really happy with the window. Maybe a better goalkeeper like Romario or uh, someone better would have uh, really give this uh, window a 10 on 10, but I would still give it a 9 by 10 or more. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with uh, Sai, especially because uh, so being a Chelsea fan, I mean, we were kind of the leaders in the transfer window, but I'd agree that Everton have won it because we weren't able to clean out our squad especially considering that we have five center backs right now and three left backs and chelsea have a massive weight structure so considering that players aren't going to be playing we have a lot of players who we couldn't offload and uh, that was the major reason and also we knew that frank lampard was chasing a uh, defensive midfielder towards the end of the window and i'm sure uh, uh, West Ham would be happy that they've kept Declan Rice, but uh, that was one thing I was one transfer I was really looking forward to because uh, Declan Rice has been a great, great player who's uh, developed under the West Ham youth system, and of course even at Chelsea, uh, even in the younger day, younger days. Didn't you? But do yeah, like so a, I, didn't you do like a Twitter thread on why Declan Rice should be bought or something? I thought you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I am an analytics student, and I recently had done a thread about uh, Declan Rice, uh, Babugari Sumare, and uh, Zakaria. So these were three young defensive midfielders across Europe, and uh, I had written how I admire Declan Rice and how I wanted him. But then, <laughs> if not this window, let's see what happens in the future. I mean. We've got a lot of players, but uh, it's going to take time for all of them to gel up. And uh, we still haven't seen all of them start together. So that's something I'm looking forward to post-international break. And uh, it's a good deal. So uh, Frank has... Go- uh, the best part is that uh, in this transfer window, Chelsea have not gone for their second choice or third choices. We, If we've had our eyes set on one player, and if he's our first choice, we've gone for him and we've got him. Especially in the case of Ben Chilwell. So... Uh, Frank and uh, Marina and Czech. So these guys, if they uh, they were huge fans of uh, Pet uh, of Ben Chilwell, even Ashley Cole, who's now our under fifteen coach and pro- and the best le- left back in the league in the Premier League history. So if no, he no, no, Chilwell, no, 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 don't bring uh, like Cole. We have uh, Lincoln Baines, who's like 
probably better. No, you cannot. It's arguable Leighton that you can no say longer that. There, though. No. <laughs> Ashley Cole is also no longer there, right? No, that's true. But Ashley Cole was better than Leighton Baines. Look, this is because he's in the high market. That's so like obvious that the people who are in like the top clubs get all the attention. You cannot, if you want to say he's a top, you have to literally say arguably because no, there no, is yeah, very good yeah, case okay. for him. More I, mean, I, both, definitely. I think both have a good case, uh, but I think Ashley Cole was playing at Chelsea top level, whereas uh, Leighton Baines uh, played out at Everton, didn't make the big move and didn't play Champions League football, but you can you can argue either way. Um, Spurs also had a great left-back, Danny Rose. He's still at the club, um, but he doesn't have a <laughs> really? squad. But he doesn't, but he doesn't have a squad number. So if anybody wants a left-back, you can take uh, Danny Rose offers. I'll just cover oh. Spurs. So I'm Daryl. Um, for Spurs, right, we signed Hoybier, we signed Joe Hart, Matt Doherty, uh, Sergio Regalon, Carlos Vinicius, and uh, the highlight was Gareth Bale getting him on loan from uh, Real Madrid. I guess for Spurs, we are really happy with the window. If I were to rate it out of 10, I'll give it 8 upon 10. Um, the only thing, if we were being greedy, we wanted to bring in uh, Milan Skriniar, but we couldn't agree the price with Inter Milan, or Inter didn't want to lower the price, that's fine. So in the end, we didn't do a deal with Inter Milan. Um, I think now Spurs are looking at Joe Roden from Swansea, so maybe he might be similar to a Ben Godfrey, where he's a championship youngster coming up, English player or British player, sorry, and um, hopes for the future. But other than that, I think Spurs. We are bought strong. him. We bought him. Sorry. We bought him. We bought Ben Godfrey. Yeah, uh, Spurs are going for Joe Roden, so mm-hmm. I'm just saying both players are similar um, in terms of level of um, prospect and age, uh, that sort of thing. Um, uh, I think for Darryl, Spurs... Darryl, yeah, but how, how how did Jose Mourinho finally get Daniel Levy to open up his wallet? I mean, Pochettino has been trying <laughs> that for ages. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think if you watch the Spurs documentary, you can see that uh, Daniel Levy is almost in awe of uh, Jose Mourinho and what Jose has done. And I think I've heard uh, stories before that um, Levy always wanted to bring in Jose Mourinho at some point, um, but he couldn't afford it or it was just not possible. And um, I think with Jose Mourinho, you only have this small window, two or three seasons to 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 win like trophies and 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 to do the best with the squad you have. So if you can see the players that have come in at Spurs, they are players in their mid to late twenties who have played in the Premiership or are highly rated, and they are ready to go for the next you know two to three years. And then after that, we have to get in the yeah. players again. So we still have those players from the Pochettino era who are still around and can still go for another two three seasons, like your Harry Kane, Sun Hyun Min. Um, Hugo Lloris and Toby you know they're going to give like two three years max at their prime and then it starts to fall off um, but that's what Spurs are going for and to me uh, it's been difficult to move on since Pochettino but uh, with Jose we'll back him and hopefully there'll be trophies in the next two three seasons thank you I think uh, for Spurs it's also important to note that uh, you know with the new stadium they have a lot of finance costs they have spent a shit ton of money here and uh, yeah. this is the first season in the last four seasons where they've not been in the Champions League. So I think uh, Levy is hating the look of the financials for the next one year in terms of forecast of not getting that sweet CL money. Yeah. So he realized and that he has to spend money today. Otherwise, the squad is going to like taper off, right? Yeah, uh, like correct. you said, Jose is a you know, three-year manager. And you yep. might as well make best use of his ability by giving him the resources that he needs. Yes, exactly. Um, and they've done that in a very, very smart way. Uh, they they didn't uh, you know um, they they accepted the buyback clause for Sergio Reguilón. I really think they needed that left back depth. Uh, ben Davis wasn't enough. Um, mm. They've done really well on that. And if there was any club where Gareth Bale 
could you know take a punt and you know take a chance to revive his career to spurs right if if bale had signed for united i think it would have been a meme signing i think uh, i don't think it would have worked out but if there's anybody who could motivate bale to do well it's probably jose uh, and he's really motivated uh, kane and son are on fire probably the best pairing in the league at this point um hey 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 no 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 not best pairing and all chap we've got like money alana <laughs> don't 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 come in that nonsense but okay <laughs> liverpool no, that's but, not a pairing that's a trio <laughs> i yeah, mean for me no no kane and son being really really i, I really, don't i don't understand how liverpool coming into this discussion weren't they beat 72 last week you know something like that happened i guess speaking of against which, aston villa I villa mean, villa has done good business this time around yeah Yeah, I have a soft spot for the other claret and blue teams, both Burnley yeah. and Villa. I think Villa has done a done great business. Ollie Watkins has Ollie really given up Barkley yeah. on loan. Uh, Matty Cash yeah. as well. Matty Cash is a very good fan. Yes, Matty Cash worked so hard versus Liverpool. Like he mm. he had Jota in his pocket. It was quite quite something else. And re- and retaining Grealish, I think that was the best signing of the window above everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> and also I the keeper they brought in, right, from like Arsenal, he, that was a bit um, surprising. Yeah, yeah, like I- I'm really questioned about Chelsea's different situation. Actually, like they're letting go players like Lamptey, who's like so 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 good. I'm like like oh, when I saw this player like playing so well against like, United and us, and then they have the, so many centre backs, and they could have let Tomori go for a loan, and they didn't. Instead, they want to ship out Rudiger. and they brought in thiago silva it's really you know uh, chaotic and the center defensive position that they are trying to offload and buy players i don't really get it i think uh, tomori wanted to, i think uh, there was a loan offer for tomori and he refused an offer was it from fulham not sure. yeah yeah so tomori was we offered we offered, we, we offered a loan before we uh, uh, got given got free we wanted uh, tomori to be our backup like at least start some game like zoom right. added yeah the yeshoda you were saying something yeah go ahead yeah yeah uh, in response to lampy case i mean yeah i mean it was tough letting him go considering that he was such an asset but then when you compare him to reese james uh, lampy wasn't exactly the player we needed when compared to reese james because in the future i feel reese james has a better ceiling in terms of development and uh, considering uh, chelsea play uh, a back four and uh, now that uh, Brighton have moved back. Brighton have moved back to a back three. So Lamptey fits that system much more better because uh, first thing, Reece James provides you excellent delivery from set pieces, which uh, Lamptey is not good at set pieces, even though his crosses are really good. So that's the difference. Uh, and aerial battle, I think Reece James wins that easily for us. So the I only reason we let Lamptey go was uh, we had offered Lamptey a option to. go out on loan but then he wanted some more game time and i think it's fine i do not have regrets but uh, and i'm happy that brighton have made a great signing so it's all right reese james will be a great asset for us in the future by yeah, the way uh, should we should we discuss like last two weeks uh, united have been playing last week they were like batted very badly but yeah, i felt the performance before, <laughs> no, i want to say the performance before that against uh, brighton was even worse Like yep. how they yeah, got lucky. three points were. No way! I don't understand that. No, but I think yeah, we've been speaking about who's won the transfer round. I think we should talk about who's probably lost it in a way. Yeah, uh, I think that's where I come in. Uh, so yeah. allow me to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if I have to rate it, um, I'd say four. If I'm being generous, five. We needed absolutely two signings to make the starting eleven better. That was a right winger. 
um, and and a center back. Uh, right winger, we all know who we were after, Jaden Sancho. Uh, I listen. It's a COVID market. I understand if the club did not want to pay 120 million euros for one player. Completely get that. No, no um, hard feelings against the club for that. What I don't understand is that till the very last day, you're hoping magically that uh, you know Dortmund is going to give in and reduce their asking price. Having done nothing to you know, there was no evidence to suggest that they were going to reduce their asking price. And yeah, but they've always accepted stuff. They've always accepted a deal at the end, whether it be Osman Dembele or whether it be Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Even Aubameyang very, said very different yeah. circumstances because both Aba and Dembele uh, threw a fit to leave. They they did a lot of things to make sure they left. Uh, yeah. And I think they had only one year on the contract, which meant made the situation a lot more. Um, you know, they they had lesser leverage in that case. Whereas and in Sancho's case, they have extended till twenty three. He has three years on his contract. Not desperate to leave, was okay to join United. He was fine to join United, but not in a position where he's going to throw a fit to leave. Um, and that's where my problem is. I don't understand why they didn't have Dembele or why they didn't have Chisia or any other body who has a little bit of experience who can walk into the starting level. The signings they have signed, Amad Diallo and Pelletri, I'm excited for them, but I'm excited for them three, four years down the line and not today. That's the problem. They needed a right winger. They're, they're playing Greenwood there out of sheer compulsion. Greenwood is an 18-year-old who's a goal scorer, who should be in front of the goal, who should be taking minutes from Martial when he's injured or when he's rotating and getting those goals in from center forward. Right now, we're playing Greenwood on the right. James is playing back up on the right. And the what that does is making Rashford play every game. He's fatigued. This affects the entire balance of the team and that's something we've not yet addressed. Uh, and I refuse to accept that Pellistri is going to suddenly walk in and tear up the league. While he might, the thought process is not rational to expect him to do so, right? Um, I'm happy with Teles. I'm happy with Cavani. But again... You're happy with Cavani? You're happy I'm with happy yeah, with Actually, if I can I'm ask Arvind... Uh, okay. like this, this seems to be Manu's whole transfer game plan is not to strengthen positions. The, the manager really needs... Edward yep, just seems absolutely. to get names to sell absolutely. shirts. Absolutely. Uh, and that's the problem. The, what I'm trying to say, I'm not happy with Cavani. I'm saying Cavani is not a Martial replacement. Cavani is an Igalo replacement when he leaves in Jan. So, him, Cavani and Igalo, it's, it's a no-brainer, right? So, Cavani, in addition to Sancho, would have been much better. Would have been like, you know, it's great. You're doing proactive things to replace a player who's going to leave in January and you don't have a backup striker. Greenwood is too young, right? So, Cavani is fine, but you didn't bring in the most needed uh, position in that field, which is a right-winger and a good centre-back. Lindelof and Maguire together are still not good enough for a Premier League winning team. And that's where the heartbreak is. The vote doesn't seem to give a fuck about wanting to win the league. <laughs> the, the manager has yeah. finished third. Before you go into the rant, like, uh, do you think Bale would have been a better signing or a worse signing than Cavani? Like, considering the financial situation, both were same. I think we the two because they played different positions. But, you know, when when there was a rumour about Bale wanting to come here on loan, I was completely against it because I thought Bale was very unmotivated, not fit. It would have been a Sanchez-like signing. But considering what United got, which was like absolutely nobody, and again, no disrespect to the youngsters they signed, I don't consider them to be starting right now. I would like take Bale off in an instant right away. Right? He's proven, he's yeah. motivated enough, he could do well on his day and it's just a loan. Not I mean, one, one of the worst decisions that I'd read about United, and maybe 
uh, West Ham tied, you can probably say that maybe West Ham's decision to sell the youngster in your team was probably a worse decision. Oh, but yeah. One, one yeah, of the worst. Yeah. One minute. But I'll just, yeah. just one minute. But so the the worst thing I'd read was that they were uh, uh, that United were ready to take Usman Dembele without doing a medical. Now that is suicide. Okay, that is. Like I don't know. That, that can't analogy. be true. I'm sure I'm sure they'll do a medical. I'm sure all clubs will do a medical, even if the player's coming on loan. But just to Alvin, yeah. uh need to check on your centre backs like Rojo and Phil Jones, they're still at United. Is that why didn't yeah. the club try to sell them? Like at least Chris Smalling made a move to them? Roma permanently. So the, 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 the question, yeah, that's that very good point. <laughs> the problem is not them not being able to sell them. The problem is last year, one year back, they extended Phil Jones' contract by three years. Who in the right mind would do that, right? <laughs> so you can't do things like that and then say, hey, I'm not able to sell him because nobody's buying. You have Phil Jones on 150k a week and that's what top players in Spurs and extremely well-run clubs are at, right? Uh, it's just insane the amount of money and unless they want to take a pay cut like Sanchez did, uh, poor Sanchez, right? Had to take a pay cut of half a million a week, so 350,000. <laughs> but yeah, it's not going to be possible to sell them. We're okay, stuck with them for a while until that, then. That, I've got a question I, for... Yeah. Uh, Sure. Okay. I've got a question uh, for okay. uh, United and uh, Man, Man United and West Ham fans. Like, uh, there's uh, rumors about Saeed Benrahma coming up right now for West Ham. And uh, considering that he could be a short-term replacement before you guys go for jo- uh, Jaden Sancho for United, do you think going for him would make sense? And even for West Ham, I mean, that that's going to be a great signing for West Ham if it does go through. So, what are your opinions on that? Let's hear from. Uh, I mean, first. I I think yeah. think that yeah yeah. Go ahead, Tahir. Go ahead. Huh. So, so I think I think that Diangana, the youngster we sold, is incredibly similar to Ben Rama, which is why I think it's pretty silly that now uh, at least West Ham insiders are saying that a 22 million bid has been tabled for Ben Rama when we sold a player who plays almost the same, who was on a minimal wage, and who came up from the club's academy in Diangana to West Brom for something around the likes of 15 million. And and I think this just sums up the West Ham transfer window. Uh, I mean, of course, Moyes got to get Suchek on permanently, for which was a great move because that man runs like no tomorrow. And he got he got a good, seemingly solid uh, right back in Kufal, who was again recommended by Suchek. But beyond that, we've just signed a couple of players to the academy, and that's our transfer window. And our board members have said that we cannot keep spending. When last year they went and broke the bank on Sebastian Allaire, uh, to what cause when when the team didn't play to suit the kind of football that Allaire used to? Uh, before that, 35 on Felipe Anderson, who doesn't work at all in defence, and a small team needs to have players with high work rate. I I I still think Benrama would be good, but in some way I'm a little sad that we could have possibly just held on to Diangana. But the board saw an opportunity and paid out. I don't know. What does Arvind think? Benrama is a huge talent. But uh, I think if we hadn't gone for Diallo and uh, Pelestri, I maybe would be in his chance. Uh, like was the case with uh, Saar as well from Watford. Uh, we wanted Saar on loan uh, because it seems like the club hasn't given up on Sancho yet. But good luck getting him next summer. Uh, you know, Madrid and Barca and everyone else will be in the mix. Um, I don't so think club, I don't think Madrid will be there. They're more focused on Mbappe than anything Mbappe, else. Mbappe, right? And yeah. I think 
they might also want to get kamraviga uh, uh, as well for the <laughs> yeah, yeah it's or yeah. basically anyone who has a good euro 2021 basically yeah yeah it's going to be much more interesting so the club wanted sar on loan uh, they went ahead with these two talents uh, you know because they believe they're going to be really really good in the future anyway and they can worst case sell them off if they're not able to integrate them into this team so i don't see us making any moves for championship players uh, in the next five days Yeah, I'm mean, because considering your last championship player, which is Dan James, already wants to go back to Leeds, or he had yeah. an opportunity to go back. So, uh, all right. Yeah. So quickly, uh, what I want you guys to do, okay? I, I'm. You guys know the teams that are on the podcast. So let's just do the best signing of the summer according to you, and it doesn't have to be only from Spurs. Any other team as well. So uh, looking at the signings, I think I'll go with uh, Hamas Rodriguez. He's probably the the best one. Um, he's. experience he's ready and he's on it um cl- follow closely maybe by Kai Havertz from Chelsea see how he integrates over there awesome all right and Arvin yours um i hate to say this but uh, i'm going to give it two names so that i just don't name him uh Thiago uh i hated the fact that he's with Liverpool i think he just knows what to do all the uh. time it's so annoying um i can't believe they got him so Thiago James i'm also really excited by uh, Thomas Partey uh, i think Arsenal have done up pulled off an absolute miracle getting him i think uh, yeah. that's completely changed arsenal's fortunes as well i feel it's going to be very very crucial these are the three and hamas yeah obviously always excited to watch hamas play it's early but i'd say bail on loan where madrid are covering a large portion of his wages and then hamas for free are just brilliant spots of business awesome all right uh, sai yours yeah you know i have so many options i'm like I have to pick Alon, Hamid, Dukure. You know, so many good players. You know, but I like everyone goes. I'm. I'll say Hamid. And also, I would like to say like Real Madrid reject Bale and Hamid proving right and wrong. Awesome. All right. And Yashodan, yours? Yeah. In terms of business, I would say Hamid Rodriguez. And in terms of impact, also it's got to be him. In the long run, I'm really excited by Kai Havertz. I mean, you. That guy is simply special. So. Yeah, that's a huge win for Chelsea fans. Considering that Munich and uh, Madrid were in the talks, but they couldn't afford him due, due to the COVID market. Yeah. So I have a question, right? Uh, I, I think Everton are the clear winners. Who do you think had a better window between Spurs and Chelsea, and also between United and West Ham? All right. Wow. Go ahead. <laughs> like, I, I would like to point my uh, point in first. Like, uh, like I'm happy that United have done very bad transfer window, but West Ham, you know, they are letting, you know, get Moyes all the blame for sure. And after that, uh, between Chelsea and uh, Spurs, Spurs for the short term. Hmm, if I can win, I I would say that. Best would probably I think Spurs did better business than Chelsea just because uh, I don't know but for me I think Chelsea are over strengthening in in certain positions that now they've got so many talented attacking mids so many talented attacking mids that who's going to play and they're all on heavy salaries and if they get if they do get Rice or a similar player again they'll have so many talented defensive mids who they're going to play so I think that's not very smart business to me. That's why I put Spurs above Chelsea for a good window, and I put Arsenal over Manu because at least Moyes said I want to sign this Suchek permanently, and we got him. I mean, West Ham, and we did get cover for the key positions that we needed. So, yeah, I, think so I, I think Manu just missed more targets than us. Right. 
All right. Um, I, I think I think Spurs window was better than Chelsea, considering their constraints. Considering you know they didn't have Champions League football. Considering that, I think they did impeccable business. But um, I think people are writing Chelsea off a little bit too soon in terms of how they've adapted. They've gotten six starting players, right? It's not going to be easy to integrate once they settle in and once they understand. Once Lampard. uh finds a way to fit all of them in in a you know good shape i think they're going to be scary uh, i think second place is up for grabs for chelsea honestly city aren't as strong as last year considering aguero's injured and uh, jesus gets injured again and they haven't got a backup striker second place is up for the taking they got to look at the chelsea the chelsea window and um they because they couldn't buy players last season right so this season Uh, they've gone out and got the players. So, like, it's kind of weird when you get uh, Thiago Silva, who's at the end of his career, and you get someone like Kai Havertz, who has his entire career ahead of him. Um, but I think for Chelsea, it'd be interesting to see how Lampard can make it work. I think that's the crucial thing. To me, really, um, they have won the transfer window in terms of the number of signings and the caliber of signings. Uh, I will put Spurs closely behind because Spurs have uh, continued on. From last season, where we brought in a few players like Bergwijn and Ndombele, and this season we've continued to strengthen players. Um, so I know for this season, uh, Spurs have good quality um, for each position. They have two uh, good players for all starting positions. So um, to me, I, I felt Spurs were more strategic, whereas Chelsea may have gotten too many players in. Um, but it will be interesting to see how Lampard. Uh, finds his starting team and the supporting cast as well, and how he manages all the players. Because last season, um, it was mainly uh the the youngsters who came through and they did really well. But then now it's like he's gone out and strengthened. You know how will the youngsters respond? How will they react? How will the new players settle in as well? Okay, and last, uh, you should your your comment. Yeah, uh, so definitely, I feel uh, Chelsea's about Spurs in this because, uh, like someone pointed out about how Spurs signings are kind of. uh short term minded in terms of re- uh, regulion i think the buyback clause fit them in the future yeah. but then it's not a bad deal at all uh doherty again is 29 and uh it's tough for him because uh, he's going to be playing into a complete uh, he'll be moving to a back four position but then the remaining signings are really good and i uh, looking forward to them i mean spurs have what players who are going to give you instant impact in terms of uh, bale and regulion uh, but again Chelsea wins it for me because uh, we've had an issue with our left backs for a long time with Alonso and Emerson, and Ben Chilwell's here to solve that. And uh, Thiago Silva has come in and uh, two games. Uh, the first game he obviously made a mistake, but then he's kind of uh, he brings that experience with him which our defense lacked. And I mean, you Werner and Havertz are simply amazing talents. So, uh, and of course, we are uh, we still haven't seen Hakim Ziyech in the Premier League. So. that's going to be another impact signing i'm looking for and along with pulisic right who was on fire uh, after the lockdown yeah so he uh, mm-hmm. both of them are finally fit so we'll be uh, we could see them start versus southampton next week so a front three of werner have uh, pulisic and uh, ziek is on the cards personally i feel like everton's probably done the best business because they've kind of elevated their team from being a mid table to one actually challenging for the top 6 then of course we'd have probably chelsea i know some of the major signings are from teams that really haven't won much in the bundesliga but they still class acts uh, i think and lot of, and more, more than class they're more promising so it it all depends on what lampard's able to do uh, then of course comes spurs then west ham and lastly manchester united i, I think we can all agree on that so uh, all right guys so i think that's about 
all the time we have for this particular podcast episode. Uh, thanks, Daryl, Tahir, Arvind, Sai, Yashodhan for being a part of this podcast and giving your thoughts. I know we're only even half an hour and there's so much more that we could talk about, about transfer dealings and stuff of that sort and more teams also that we could talk about, you know, like Wolves, they've got another Portuguese revolution. But thanks again for being a part of this and we'd definitely love to have you on for either more of the same or for a more longer analytical uh, podcast series. So thanks and can't wait to host you guys once again. Thanks, yeah, man. thanks guys. It was a thanks, good experience. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Thank take care. Yeah. All right. So thanks. And uh, I guess that's about it for MWF Season 1, Episode number 3. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. If you did, then why don't you rate us you can follow us on seven different podcast platforms including anchor spotify google podcast apple podcast even amazon music so we're there as well so you can follow us all all the way there and uh, yeah let us know if you want to be a part of the podcast as well we'd love to host you and love to hear your thoughts on anything to do with football so thanks again uh that's it for episode number three i'm your host Praddy once again you stay safe and see you.